It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. What's up, everyone? It is Friday at one o'clock here on the East Coast of the USA. I am your host, Rusty Diamond. I have some monikers, but they're not going on here today. I'm just Rusty Diamond today. So thank you, everyone, for being here and checking out the podcast, the public access podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. Check out other shows on the network. Thank you to our sponsors. I'll list all that later. Probably, if not, just go to the other shows. You'll figure it out. It's cool. And you guys, call in, leave a message. I'll play it on the air. Call in, be like, hey, I like leaving messages. That's fun. It's a lot of fun. And maybe you don't like leaving messages and you just think, I don't like it. Messages? Messages? We don't leave no stinking messages. I need messages. 503-974-6420. And today I have some guests. I have two special guests because one's not enough for today. And one of them has been on before. One of them is a return guest. So that's a good thing. And I'm going to bring them on right here, right now. And right here, right now, we have Christina and Herb Hey Averett right here, right now. Welcome, welcome. You got a little, is that a puppy? Yeah, she she doesn't like it when we talk on camera. She tends to like get up in my face, gets all excited about it. So kind of interesting. That's what they like doing. I have to close the door uh, or else I'd have my my cats doing the same thing. Uh, so what was that, a little lab, a little black lab? Yeah, this is a, she's a Patterdale Terrier Poodle mix. Oh, okay. Well, okay. All right. Four years old. He's not a oh, puppy. Oh, not a puppy. He's no, full grown. She, yeah, she's, yeah, she's full grown. She's not going to oh, get wow. it. All right. Then, so, yeah. Um. Yeah, always good to have a little dog running around. It's nothing, nothing really beats that. You can't can't be not having a, a dog going, and especially one that likes to hang out and, you know, There's wonderful calming effects as well. So it's it's, you know, our both of our doctors recommended we get dogs. So we got little little snuggle dogs. <laughs> she's a yeah. terrier though, so she's a lot more active. Not necessarily a snuggle dog, but she still likes to snuggle once mm -hmm. in a while. The other dog, a snuggle dog? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's scared of her. <laughs> oh. that'll, that'll do it. Uh, I had uh, some, a couple goats. I made them snuggle goats. Um, you know, any dog or any animal can be a snuggle animal if uh, you want it to be almost. Yeah. Maybe not every animal. Yeah. But. We'll we'll find out. So, uh, so I've had I've had Herb on before, and uh, Christina is new, but uh, I believe you both had 
yeah, messaged me separately. I don't know. I don't think it was before. I think, I don't know. Maybe it was after Herb was on the show. Yeah, Are it was you... after. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because right. he started talking a little bit about his the vision for the school and things like that. And he's like, you know what? You might want to talk to both of us and we can talk fully about the school and the family development and things that we do. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that was, it's important. Uh, I mean, especially with, and you're in Oregon, mm -hmm. uh, and Oregon has, could use some help in that category to put it lightly. Um, I was talking about it yesterday with someone who was from, uh, she's in Texas now, but I, I was, I was talking about the, uh, requirements for high school um with not having to be able to pass read. yeah be able to read or write or do math and and still advance to the next grade yeah, i'm not uh, sure what for the last two years but the last year she was in school um she was in elementary school so not our fault but um the the some of our local high schools had less than yeah. a 50 percent graduation rate out of high school. So less than half of the kids who were going into their senior year were graduating. And as, as an epidemic across the whole United States, um, people over the age of 18 throughout the thing have, have I think it's like 40% of them can read above a sixth grade level. So over half of the people in the United States currently can't read above a sixth grade level. One of the most recent st stats I got from the Department of Education, so nationwide, is that 46% of our fourth graders cannot read at reading level. That's huge. And that at is- At a fourth grade reading level? Fourth grade, re fourth graders cannot read at their reading level at and, the, and as that a, grade. As yeah. a foundational principle, if you get that far behind, then- the way our school yeah. system works now with you have to be on this page on this day, you have to be on this test on this day. And if you get behind, it's your responsibility to catch up. These kids aren't ever going to catch up. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no incentive for the teachers to go back and try and teach them how to read. And parents are so far removed from the school system now, kind of on purpose, because the teachers won't tell them stuff. They don't send notes home. They're, they're, they're pushing the parents out yeah. of school because mm -hmm. they don't want them to know what they're doing to their kids so the parents don't know how far their kids are behind and then when they do find out they go oh it's your responsibility to go do this and they're like go, how go find a tutor go find some outside help go do whatever you need to do to get your child caught up because it won't happen inside the school even though they say they're working on it well and so <laughs> that that's absolutely mind-blowing and yeah, there's a lot of disconnect. And then having to hire a tutor is, I mean, that's money out of, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, anyone's pocket. And tutors don't come cheap for the mm -hmm. most part. I mean, I'm sure there's some that maybe work with some families, but for the most part, I assume that it's probably pretty Christina, pricey. And that doing tutoring as well. So we are part tutoring. Time part-time students who are in the school and, and are falling behind. But if at that point, if you're going to be putting out that kind of money, you might as well take them out of school and, mm -hmm. and start the process on your own. Mm -hmm. They're going to get caught up quicker. They're going to do better. 
colleges are looking for homeschooled kids because they have higher graduation rates, they have higher participa participation rates. Um, the kids actually know how to write sentences and know how to read. And they come with skills because they've been living life instead of sitting in school. I mean, I listened to Dr. Yeah. Jordan Peterson a lot. And one of his complaints was he was having to teach college kids how to write sentences. And that's, that's, and that was Canada and it's way worse here. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend and I think right now he's, uh, she's at a conference that he's speaking in in Salt Lake City right now. And um, yeah, we were talking about that. I just, I saw him on, on a podcast probably three weeks ago talking about all the stuff that's going on with him on uh yes. theo vaughn's podcast and that was really interesting um on his and, podcast last week he was talking to oliver anthony and in oh. that conversation is like i brought that to her and it's like you need to clip this out and make a clip because jordan peterson was talking about the western education model was created in the 1800s by the i believe he said the prussian army and they were a marxist army and the model wasn't designed to educate people. It was designed to turn people into obedient workers. So yeah. the education system is not designed to, to, to improve our children, to help them along. It's designed to, to make them docile workers. Yeah, I believe it was either it was the Rockefellers or some other name like the Rockefellers um, that really pushed for a lot of this uh type of schooling what because it takes to like fully indoctrinate someone takes i believe 12 years to fully indoctrinate somebody and then with that yeah the eight hours a day five days a week is the same amount of you know get them to be good good workers and that's what eventually turns into the the work and the the old saying of um you know smart enough to work but dumb enough not to ask questions about it and and part of the problem, sucks and, a, and an extended part of the problem is those nine to five jobs those kind of manufacturing jobs those jobs that our education system was designed to create the workers for those jobs aren't really here anymore those no, jobs are long are gone and shipped off and so they're educating people to have a specific kind of a job and then they're taking all of those jobs out of the united states so you get out of school and you don't have any practical skills or work experience or yeah or <laughs> yeah, right to do anything and so then so you, you were teaching in school was that were you a teacher and what yes. grade yeah, I was a teacher for 27 years, and I mostly taught second and third grade, but through my career, I taught kindergarten through fifth grade, so I have a full range of experience. The last two years I was teaching, I was teaching in the online school from our school district, and even though it happened during COVID, it wasn't a COVID school. It was an actual school curriculum set up for online, and these were for our medically fragile kids, our behavior kids who couldn't be in the classroom or for those who needed more flexibility, like they were high-end sports kids. So they were off traveling to conferences and competitions and stuff all the time. So this was a school that was inside of our school district for those kinds of kids. And whenever I went to that school, it opened my eyes to a little bit more. So a lot of public teachers are like, oh no, can't homeschool. Homeschool is horrible and all of this kind of stuff. But 
once you really start looking at it deeper, and like I said, I've had a change of heart, I've opened my eyes, I know, especially where we are right now, that it needs to be in the hands of the families. The families need to be the ones in charge. Now, granted, just like any business or any um, you know, endeavor you go on, you should have a coach. You should have somebody who helps you along when you get stuck, but the parents should be in charge and then they should get either tutoring help or co-op help or a coach help kind of like me to help move that process along so they don't get stuck and they really can make it the best for their kids. And one of the impetuses for us getting out of the school district and into this is there were some parents in her school mm -hmm. that ran with this program and oh. their kids showed up on the fun times, but all of the curricular was all handled by the parents. They were they off and it. running. They were doing stuff with their kids. They, and yeah. they showed up for the fun stuff and half of the parents, the community basically. Yeah, the other half of the parents were like, we're expecting it to be like public school and she just teach them and do it. And that did work. But the parents who who ran with it would come and ask questions, get a little coaching, get a little ideas. And then their kids like jumped levels and levels. So they might have been in it for an academic reason. But by the time they got out of the year, the first year, they were like two or three years farther along. And so the, the ability and because the kids start to love learning, yeah. they get to start working on things that they want. They have they working when it's appropriate and they're not surrounded by trauma inducing attitudes from people who don't want to be there because you know kids don't want to be in school. Lots, Lots of, of them are unhappy. There's problem kids in school. And so even if the kid loves learning in that environment, it's hard to to be able to focus and to get that learning that that is valuable to you. Yeah. And I mean, I was probably one of those kids that was distracting everybody. I hated being there. And I mean, I would have rather have been doing anything else. And but that didn't stop me from wanting to learn. I wanted to learn stuff. But what I mean, what I was learning there wasn't anything that um, interests me or. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of parents like you and they think, well, I didn't do well in school. So, so who am I to teach my kids? Right. You are the perfect person because you know that school failed you. You know that school didn't work for you. You know that even though you wanted to learn, it wasn't happening and it wasn't the right environment for you. Right. So right. if you have kids, you know, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Why do you think your kids will have a way better time, a much better learning experience than you did? I know why. Because the schools have gotten so much better. <laughs> yeah, now, I mean. Yeah, I have to put a major disclaimer in here because I absolutely love my teaching partners, right? There are so many yeah. good teachers in there who really do have a super big heart, who really want to do the right thing. But there's been so many things that have happened that they can't. You know, they can't do the curriculum that they know will engage the kids because they're told you have to teach this reading curriculum, right? They know that they used to engage kids in all these different kinds of projects, but now they're told, oh no, you have to be on this page at this day on this week of the school year. There's so many tests and things. So, you know, yes, the system is a mess. Are there good teachers in there? Are there good people in there? Yes, there are. So if you find a good one, 
praise them, love them, you know, everything. But also know that but their hands up, are also tied behind their yeah, back as well. Stand up to the ones who aren't doing a good job. How do you get them to leave the school and get into doing something more like you're doing? Is that kind of the goal of what, what you would like an ideal situation? Yeah, Vibrant Family Education is built for helping those parents who want to transition. So what I learned, like I said, that's a buzzword now who <laughs> want to get their kids out of school. Out of school, yes. Change right. that. Um, move them to a different education system. There we go. Yeah. No, Vibrant Family Education is built for helping those parents who want to explore and learn and probably ultimately go there. So like I said, like those like you who like, I can't, I probably can't do it because I wasn't good in school. We're giving them the stability, the support to help them do it. Right. So they come, they will get Vibrant Family Education with us. I, as a teacher, help fill in the holes, help talk about routines and schedules and learning styles and how to really develop the program around the child that you have at home and yeah. your work schedule, things like that. And we also we also have an online yeah. curriculum as well. Mm -hmm. So we can help with your kids with the reading, the writing and the arithmetic. So those are the big three that parents are the most afraid of, right? Because right. reading and writing is like, how do you teach that? Math, it's like, we've never used it why do we have to keep you know so so those are the three big ones we have an online curriculum that we can set up with your kid if you run into issues you come talk to us but we can step them through that and help them with that so it's not we just coach and you do it all there is so much that we can do we can set up curriculums yeah. but then we also coach with um how to get your kids properly socialized how do you you can take them to events you can mm -hmm. you can start doing um, food banks. If you want to get into the civics, when you go to history, you can actually go to the historical locations as a field trip with the family and take a vacation and still do your school at the same time. When you go to a ball game, you can start talking about math. You can start talking, you know, if your kid's into fashion, you could still take them to a ball game and start talking about the functionality of the uniforms and the designs of the uniforms. So there are so many ways to bring your child's um, enthusiasm for what they want to do in the everyday life and mm -hmm. even more practical they're home all the time so you start teaching them and bringing them into the kitchen you start teaching them and bringing them into the chores and the, the work routine uh, you, uh -huh. you teach them how to change a tire to cook a meal to so they have life skills so so many houses now today if you go into like a five or a six year old house with a young couple, you can walk into the kitchen and the oven is brand new and has never been used. So Still has the, the plastic on it. Right. Because they don't cook. Because they don't know how to cook. So, so hop now, on the DoorDash. Right. And, you know, have someone bring it to them. Yeah. So now that you're home together and, and making this happen, then let's learn to cook a little bit too, so that you have skills for after. And so it's not, it, it's not just an easy thing. It's not just something you say, Hey, you're going to have to do this now. There's learning, there's coaching, there's ways to go at it. There's, there's communication mm -hmm. that needs to be relearned. And, yeah. and so it's, it's education, but it's also family development because we, we, we approach the whole family yeah. to bring it all together. And so if a kid or a, is going to be home all day, like if, if the parents work at a nine to five, how mm. does that kind of work out uh, with, with that? Cause I mean, it seems that, you know, during the day, most of going to school is uh, 
babysitting. You know, free babysitting. Exactly. So how does that work if if the you know if the parents work in a nine to five job? What's the best approach for that? So one of the um, if you're doing that and they're not going to go to school, you're going to have to have some kind of childcare, whether they're staying with grandma and grandpa or they have a nanny or they, you know, have another small play group that they're with or something like that. Lots of times those um, people can also be what we call the learning coaches. So they will be the ones who will be able to kind of take care of that academic through the online curriculum with your child while they're there. And then when you're home together after that, then you get to explore and keep building on all of the family things that we were just talking about, the games, the um, the cooking, all those kinds of things that help build, right? But the other thing is that because the curriculum is flexible, guess what? It can be done in the evenings or weekends with you if you really want to be the one that does it. And then you can have that ch child care wherever they are do those other things, take them on trips to help them build projects and things like that. So it can work. It is more difficult, but it can work if you're truly invested in making a change for your child. And grandmas and grandpas and older siblings make mm -hmm. make really good learning, learning coaches. coaches as well. There, there were some people who were right. eight, nine to five workers and their parents were watching their kids mm -hmm. and they were the they were the educators for that family. Because they knew they could come and talk to me if they got stuck, right? Oh, I don't quite understand what this lesson is teaching. Awesome. Bring them in for coaching hours, bring them in for tutoring. I'll help you through that stuck part and then we'll continue moving on. And some people with nine to fives have like really high end jobs and they have nannies to take care of their kids. Mm -hmm. Nannies make great educators too, because they're with the kids. They understand the they routine and it's just a, it's just moving it another into it. So yeah, it works really well. So there's, there's lots of options for that. And so what's kind of the goal for this is, would this be to uh, get kids would this be to get them to graduate through your your program or what you know through whatever the alternative right. school would be or mm -hmm. would that and eventually go to college or would this be to get them to but then i mean what what good is college or would it be better i mean how how do we get to college i, I got to say something like this college becomes a lot more nuanced at this point uh -huh. um, because so many at, at this point kids there's so many kids going into entrepreneurship in their teens they're learning life skills they're getting jobs they're doing it mm -hmm. and so when it's time for college we we've, we've even actually had people on our podcast who talk about how to start working on scholarships at an early age and both of her daughters went to a major four-year college and they were paid to do so because of the scholarships and the and the financial aid that they got along the way mm -hmm. that's great about big debt they didn't come out with big debt they were actually able to take a chunk of money at the end and apply it towards something else. They had enough scholarships and stuff to do that. Um, so to answer your question though, yes, but when you're working with Vibrant Family Education, you're considered a homeschooler. And so when you homeschool, you know, the end of the program is a little bit different. Yes, they graduate. Yes, they have their credentials. Well, not credentials, but they have their graduation from homeschool, right? And there's all the different ways that you make sure that that's set up, tracked the classes, things like that. So if the child does want to go to college, they're still eligible for scholarships. They're still eligible to get to college and enroll in college. And like we said earlier, many colleges are starting to look for homeschool kids because they have the skills. They can 
perform on their own. They don't have somebody there leading them down the path. They don't have to have their, they don't, their college professors don't become an, a babysitter from 18 to 22. Right. They can right. do work and, and really makes sense. But like the other thing that Herb was saying is vibrant family really opens the eyes for the families of does your child really need to go to college? And if, if they, they do, want, my, turn. my turn, my turn. If they you go. <laughs> if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, certain licenses, you have to have a college degree, right? Absolutely. These kids are ready to go and they will know how to get in there and get that done. But those that are like, no, I only want, I want to go to the trades because I found out that I really love plumbing when I was exploring A, B, or C, right? Or I really right. want woodworking. Then woodworking. Yeah, carpentry, et cetera. Then they go to those either trade schools or those um, two-year associate schools. And then they move on because a lot of them, like he was saying, they already have the beginning of their business started because they've already been working on it. So it just really opens the eyes of the family of what is best for your child, what's best for your pocketbook. You're not paying for a college degree that's not going to be used, right? Right. And we also move into a very much an entrepreneurial model mm -hmm. where if you want to learn something, you go find that subject and you get coaching and education on that subject. And if you do go to college, say you're in business, it's like, I want to learn this. And you go take a couple of classes because you know that degree isn't necessarily going to be what you need. You just need specific classes. Mm -hmm. So it can change the way you go to college. So instead of just a general, I'm going to go for four years, I'm specifically going to this that's going to help me what I already am doing and get farther in that. So it, it makes makes children a little more focused and understanding where their future is and able to start moving towards it sooner. Yeah, and I mean, what I was doing when I was 17, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I can't even say, entrepreneurial wise was what I was doing in my 40s. And I mean, I, I wish I would have, you know, had that and just been able to work on that rather than, you know, finding ways that I could get out of doing everything else so I could have more time to do this, you know, finding ways because like the money, this don't take this the wrong way, but the, the money that I was making doing that, I was using to either a, pay people to do my work, or B, pay some of my teachers off to give me grades to not have to show up. Uh -huh. uh, and, you know, that's yeah, th this was oh, a while ago. And I don't know if these teachers are, are still, uh, I don't, I believe they're all retired now, but I, I mean, I learned that, yeah, there was, you know, some other ways to do everything. And, the education, and, but, um, yeah. education you got outside of school was way better than the education you got in exactly. school so and and again right. that's that's kind of what we figured out mm -hmm. and that's trying what we're trying to help parents realize and understand yeah and i mean i'm all for it. and there's there's always ways to learn other skills other i mean anything you want to know now there it's out there i mean we it was a lot harder when we, you know, we were kids and growing up trying to learn stuff that was outside of what was in school. But I mean, now, you know, you can find how, how to do anything. You, I mean, YouTube can probably teach most anything you need to learn how to know how to do to have some sort of, you know, entrepreneurial 
yeah. you know, position of sorts or you know just uh if you're you're hyper fixated on one uh you know maybe like i'm just looking outside uh looking knowing how to do work on cars or how to uh you know cut grass in a certain way or you know whatever it may be there's so much out there of different um ways of learning how to do it different you know all different styles of how people like to do it uh what what they can do with it and i mean learning is so important and having it crushed by a broken system and and also so this woman i was talking with yesterday on my show i mean she was saying that like once they're past grade school i mean they're they're if you're not catching them in grade school they're just able to kind of Fly. float away and so i mean and on my other podcast the that i host with i've co-host Casey like we talk about just I mean the whole education system education system just needs an overhaul and it's a big overhaul and any and most every idea is better than what's going on with the the schooling and it's just I think getting rid of some of the stigmas around it and but in other words Big stigmas is that homeschool kids are awkward and weird. And, you know, 40 years ago, that that was true because they were the homesteaders. They were the pioneers and they were the outcasts. They did it because this wasn't working and they kept their kids separate. But nowadays, it's it's actually the opposite. Homeschool kids, if you take them into a room full of adults, they feel comfortable talking to adults. They they can move in circles. If you take a bunch of kids out of out of a normal grade school right now and try and have them talk to adults, the adults are going to have no way to communicate because they what's happening their parents. is so right. different. But these kids that are homeschooled with with the access to the parents, with the ways to socialize, with the with the, the going multi-level group. So if you're using like a co-op or something, you have kids of all different ages in that course, in that grade that whatever project that they're working on. So they're learning how to talk to older and younger and back and forth. When you do your civics, when you take them to the food bank or church function or something like that, they're working with high school or adult type people. So they're learning how to communicate with them as well. And so that socialization is so much different when you have those opportunities put in front of you. And they're getting socialized in their dance classes or their swim classes or yeah. their kickbox classes. And the difference between those classes and the one at school is when you go to a dance class, all the kids pretty much want to be there and they're all working towards the same goal and they're happy to be there. And that kind of environment is going to be different than sending your kid to a classroom where nobody wants to be there and they bug and they fight. They go to a sports club and they're working together with other people on the same goal mm -hmm. to a thing. And they're not like just, oh, these are kids that had to do this from school yeah. so you are with students that are working towards a common goal in cooperation and that that kind of cooperative environment just allows kids to thrive and grow one of the greatest examples we've seen of this right now is the robotics teams if you start watching the robotics competitions and stuff you can see the varied kids who are part of that team 
working together, striving, working late hours, you know, they're really motivated to get it done because one is something they're passionate about and two, they're with a group that they want to work with. So, and in the competitions, yeah. when they get to the Absolutely. big competitions with thousands of kids, they're cheering on each other. Yeah. They're cheering on their competition. They're, they're like, wow, that stuff is amazing. You yeah. guys are awesome. And you just don't get that anywhere else. Yeah, wanting to see everyone do better to make them, you know, be able to strive to do better and be able to take some of their innovations and be able to put it into their, uh, you know, whatever they're working on and be able to use that. And yeah, seems, yeah, like a good, good thing all around. And yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I think anything right now with what you're doing is going to be, you know, at least tenfold better than what's going on. And I just, I hope that, so, I mean, where, I mean, cause you can't go into a school or, you know, hang outside the school from behind the fence and, you know, start yelling at people, Hey, come over here and come, come get a good education. Um, what, what kind of ways are you kind of going about to, seek seek people out or are there you know kids that are having difficulty in school that are getting you know is that when the parents start wondering what can be done differently and then searching yeah, so, out so shows like yours podcasts that we've been on are one of the biggest ways that we're getting out there and letting people know that parents know that there are changes available there are different cho choices available right and then, of course, I am working locally. So like I Herb said, I'm tutoring part time. But again, I'm at night, I'm running parenting or at one night a week, I'm doing a parenting course where I have parents come in and talk to me about what's going on with their child and the education, things like that. I'm offering that every single week. So again, I'm reaching out to people that way. But just basically right now is it's a lot of word of mouth. And, you know, of course, we have our website and things like that, byronfamilyeducation.com. Um, the other way we are doing it, though, is that we also have a podcast called Bringing Education Home. And during that podcast, we're introducing you to some of those people that we were also talking about. So like the debt-free college lady, she's on our podcast. We've talked to brain scientists really helping parents think, oh, how does my child's brain maybe work differently, right? We've talked to nutritionists because nutrition and food is so important in your child's learning and growth and development, how your family feels. So we're bringing those kinds of people onto our podcast to share and again, get the word out that there are changes possible and there are different ways of educating your child. And we are also in other ways walking our talk. So one of the things that we're talking about is people aren't necessarily great at education. So you could get a coach. We're great at education. She is an amazing teacher, but we are not so great at marketing and we are not so great at the, at the businessy aspect of this. So we have a business coach as well. And we have a couple, we're, we're in some business groups. And so we are learning a lot and, and taking on our own, attempts at marketing and so there's still some learning curves there and as we get better at marketing our school will also grow but um you know so we're, we're learning our on our own and we are our hiring coaches so that's what that's what you do so if if you're new into education and, and you want some help you hire a coach and you know some people go oh well i'll just send them to a private school instead 
you know what's going on right now is even in christian private schools mm -hmm. they still are coming from universities that are woke so even uh, up to 60 60 percent of teachers even in christian catholic schools are still of the woke variety um if you get into the stem topics it's only like 15 to 20 percent but stem is going away really really fast because yeah. they don't want well i can't really say yeah. that like well, we can fill in the blanks right <laughs> and yeah and I mean, and then also with what you were saying, going back to the, the nutrition of uh, the crap that I had at school was, I mean, it was uh, ridiculous. It was horrible. Uh, I mean, just the quality of stuff. And then even for a while, I was uh, I was the cook at a Montessori school and the food there was absolute garbage. And uh, I even, you know, said like, it would be great. Like, you know, this is a Montessori school. You can do something different. You can like get, you know, local, local stuff. Like, Oh no, the kids, they, they like this crap. Uh, and the parents like this crap. They don't want to do anything else. And I mean, just the, yeah. And then, and then you see the kids and they're, you know, lethargic and, uh, they're the, yeah, because their blood yeah. sugars go like this. You pump them full of carbohydrates and stuff and their blood sugars go up and then they have that crash and then they just can't do it. So yeah, if you look at like the CDC guidelines for the amount of sugar that a pregnant woman is supposed to have in a day, and then you look yeah. at one of those pints of chocolate milk and how much sugar is in one pint of chocolate milk, they're getting like four times the amount of sugar that a pregnant woman needs for a whole day to support her and her child in, in one carton of, of milk. And they're doing it every day and yep. their snacks. And yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous how, how disadvantaged they make their kids on the nutrition. They pump them full of sugar and poisons and garbage and then expect them to sit still in a classroom. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And then they're not learning anything about, you know, they're just seeing that everything's just coming from, you know, the cafeteria. They're not learning how, where any of this come from. This is just food to them and it's not, you know, taking time going to the grocery store and learning how how an oven works, how how a stove works, how to um, you know pick out stuff to have you know some sort of. Oregon used to have outdoor school, and when we were a kid, it was like you went somewhere yeah. for a week. It was like a camp, and then yeah, it got yeah. to three days, and then the last couple of years it was like an overnight trip to the coast. And now they don't even have outdoor school anymore. No, they brought it back. They, they did bring oh, it back. No brought it back okay. i went to camp adams which i do not remember where that was in the state i want to say it was somewhere more central oregon more Wait. yeah maybe mount adams. adams in oregon or, no not, not mount adams it was called camp adams camp um adams. Yeah. let's see camp adams outdoor school yes yeah i i was probably there myself at one point so it's uh yeah out near uh in Malala. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. And so that, that's where I went back, uh, back then. And yeah, it was, it was cool. It was a whole week and um, a lot of fun. And then, yeah, I, I'm glad they're bringing that back. So that's important too, to yes. be able to do that, especially now with, yeah, so many kids just yeah. not going outside or, yeah, yeah. Need to, you know, yeah, put them outside in the middle of uh, somewhere and have them, 
You know, I don't, I don't know if you could do that. I don't know if you could put them out in the middle of, you know, even, even if you're in Malala, put them out in Malala and try to get them to downtown Portland and see if how many of them could even get there or yeah. know how to, how to, you know, get to there or what they would do to get to there. Or, um, well, not in the schools, but, you know, as part of vibrant family education, you could have that challenge because you could train your kids. You could work with your kids to know what to do and then let's see how it happens unfolds. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that would be great. And I think that we need a lot more of that. And I'm happy that you two are, are doing that and just you being able to change the the norm that's failing but not a lot of people are doing anything about it and just like well it sucks okay well what are you going to do about it and so that you're doing something about it and you've been able to give people a positive look on education and not just well, they're going to just turn out a bunch of dummies here. And uh, this is what this is what our kids are going to be and just leave it at that. And so you're, you know, I appreciate that you're doing something and making learning something that is enjoyable and beneficial to their everything, you know, their lives in the future. And it's not just and it's not just learning stuff to take a test to forget it um how many things i've had like that where it's just learn it for until the nap morning and then just let it go out of your head and it's gone and uh, there's so much of that that i learned that i felt that's what it was and when what's that going to do in life it teach you how to learn something for a minute learn how to take a test well and then yeah just let it don't go. use it later well, yeah healthy successful kids that will impact all of our futures because our kids yeah. are futures. if we don't help them now we're going to have a major problem and you know yes. a lot of people talk about trauma and depression and anxiety these kids wouldn't have it if they had a more fulfilling education experience basically fulfilling the whole child you know their emotion their spirit their body and their academics all together so vibrant families on a mission to help that whole child grow and develop yeah and once they get that love of education they realize that it doesn't stop at 18 yeah most kids is like i can't wait till i get 18 get out of school and then i don't ever have to learn anything again and yeah. so them, that that actually happens. And then you can see that they're just 18 for the rest of their life, no matter how old they are. Mm -hmm. But when you get this, when you teach them how to learn, when you teach them how to, I can get this information this way and I can make myself better and empower them, mm -hmm. then they become lifelong learners. They're always, what can I do next? What's the next mm -hmm. thing? How can I make this better? Ooh, I love doing this. What else can I learn about it? And without that kind of a background of knowing how to do that in the first place, they they just stay children forever. Yeah. And so how how are people going to find you? you? You talked about it a little bit, but if you just want to reiterate that. And, the uh, best way is vibrantfamilyeducation.com to go there or come listen to our podcast, Bringing Education Home. So between those two things, you will find all of our contact information that will get you to us to have a conversation or find out more about the program. Yeah, and there's a link on the web page. You can set up a call, 30 minutes. We can talk about where you're at, what you're looking to do. The first one is free, and we can help you figure out if this is right for you or what you can do. Or so there, you know, it's, it's not it's not like 
if you call us, it's like, come work with us. Or, ah. It's, hey, where are you at? What do you need? What's going on? Because if, if we pull people into our system that don't want to work with us, then that takes away from the people who, who do. So we're not, we're not high pressure. We're not trying to pull people in against their will. So if you just have any sort of questions, if you just want to learn something, if you want to see if it's even possible for you, yeah. then, then give us a call. Excellent. Well, hey, well, yeah, Christina and Herb, thank you so much. Uh, great talking with you. Uh, nice meeting you, Christina. And yeah, I, I enjoyed this conversation and anything that's going to shake up the school, yep. anything right now, I'm I'm happy to get out into the world because it's something that I feel is very much needed and uh, very important. So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, I hope you two have a great rest of your day. All right. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having us here. It's been a pleasure. Talking to you again. Absolutely. All right, that's Christina and Herb Hay Averett with the Vibrant Family Education. So I'll put the stuff in the links. I like them. Uh, I got a real cool talk with with Herb maybe, I don't know, three months ago or so. Go back and check that one out. That's a fun conversation too. So thank you everyone so much for being here and listening and checking out the show and get get your kids out of school. If you have kids, get them out of school right now and do this. Do something like this. Unless they just love school and you think they're doing great and that's the way they learn, great. Keep them in there. Otherwise, get them out. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That stuff sucks. School system sucks, especially if you're in Oregon. Like I was saying earlier, you don't have to be proficient in math, reading, or writing to be able to advance to the next grade or even to graduate. The graduation numbers were below 50%. How do you get those up? You make it so everybody gets to go and graduate by not having to do stuff. You dumb it down. Don't dumb it down. Teach them, make them worthwhile. They There's something that they're gonna like to learn. There's something everybody likes to learn. Doesn't have to be bullshit. I believe that was either Gandhi or Confucius has said that. So thank you guys so much for listening. And that is the show. Man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right? <laughs>